politics podcast from the Frederick News Post. My name is Jack Hogan, and I cover county and state politics for the News Post. In the coming days, we'll be publishing interviews with candidates for Frederick County Executive and Frederick County Council to help voters get to know more about some of the local names that will be on their ballots in November. Today's guest is Frederick County Councilman Jerry Donald, who since 2014 has represented Council District 1, which covers the southwestern part of the county, including Middletown, Burkittsville, Rosemont, Brunswick, parts of Urbana, and the Sugarloaf Mountain area. For the last 19 years, Councilman Donald has taught social studies at Middletown High School. Councilman Donald is the Democratic nominee in the race for the District 1 seat on the Frederick County Council. His opponent on the Republican side is John Distel, a Montgomery County police sergeant and part-time attorney. Councilman Donald, welcome to, to the newsroom and in the booth. Thank you. I appreciate being asked to be here. To start off, uh, why did you decide to run again for county council? There are many projects I want to see through to the completion. Uh, I want to make sure they get funded. In particular, I'll make sure the Middletown Library is completed and well done. I want to make sure that we get the second phase of Othello Park done. I want to make sure that schools continue to be built uh, ahead of schedule. We're getting Valley built ahead of schedule right now. I want us to see us continue the work along Ballinger Creek. Uh, we just did some renovations at the park there, and there's a path that, that you saw last year that we opened, and I'd like to see more pathways that go from municipalities out to parks and to be interconnected so that kids can get to parks and use them. So those are, those are my goals, and, uh, and I want to see those things through. And what does that look like from a policy standpoint? What With, with, this, with an upcoming term, what would you have to make sure to do to, make, to ensure that these – um, continue? Well, most of it is making sure they stay in the budget and in their line in the budget. They don't fall back behind something else. That's a key thing is just keeping an eye on your projects in the budget and having a voice and making sure that there's enough funding for them. Uh, because if you cut, you know, parts of your funding coming in, then you're going to have to decide what you're going to cut in the budget and make sure these aren't on the chopping block if something like that happens. And then and also in terms of public policy, you know, making sure that we make good land use decisions in Frederick County. Uh, you know, we've really worked hard to control growth uh, through agricultural preservation, and I'd like to see that program continue. Right now, we're about 10 years ahead of schedule with that, so that's something else I'd like to see continue on uh, in the next term. Is there anything the county should be doing differently to preserve more agricultural land and stay on track, or is it just a continuation of, of things that have been done already? What we did was actually increase the revenue for that program, and I want to see that stay on track. Is there anything that you see threatening that, or... Well, I mean, people talk about, uh, you know, changing our taxes so that we, you know, continue to tax. People will talk about cutting taxes, property taxes in particular. And people want to talk about that. That's fine. But you have to find another source of revenue if you do that because a great deal of the budget has to be funded. We have no choice. The state makes us fund it. We cannot cut public safety. Uh, we cannot cut schools. Th those are things. So a lot of the budget's locked in. So if you say, okay, we're going to stop um, with property taxes or, or whatever people are, are saying they're going to do, uh, Mr. Huff says he's going to freeze property taxes, you have to find another source of revenue. And I think if they do that, uh, the other source of revenue that will be found will be the money we have set aside for agricultural preservation. They'll go in and look at that particular tax, and they'll take money out of that, and they'll put it in the operating budget. Um, that's what uh, the last Board of County Commissioners did. So we have a tax that's set up now um, to, to fund these programs, park, land, and um, l land preservation for farms, where you buy up development rights. Uh, they'll just use that as a source of revenue for the operating budget because they'll have to. 
and you touched on a few legislative priorities uh, just there, but what would you consider like your number one um, going into a, another term? You know, in terms of new legislation? Yeah. I want to revisit the Board of Health. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one for me. I also want to take a look at, um, I see as a growing problem actually in ag tourism. Uh, when ag tourism started out, it was a pumpkin patch or something like that, and that's fine. Christmas tree farm, great. But we now have a couple of operations in Frederick County where basically it's less of a farm and more of a farm-based theme park. And uh, it, it is loud. Um, it, it bothers the neighbors. Uh, and I don't think we can let that continue and still, you know, have these people basically run a theme park where a farm was, uh, traffic issues involving that, um, noise issues, fireworks, you know, uh, pumpkin guns. I mean, I think we've kind of lost that that's really not farming. And I want to take a look at that issue because that's an important issue to me because I have complaints uh, coming from constituents now about one of these operations. And I think if we don't do that, it will spin out of control. And it's not, it's not a farmer who lives on the farm and, you know, has an operation there and that kind of thing. What you're seeing is people come in from outside the county, buy a farm, put one of these you want, I think that it is the correct term, an agricultural-based theme park there. They don't have to live with the noise. Or they set up some wedding venue. They don't have to live with all the, all the song, all the music and stuff like that at night. It's all the neighbors who do. And I think we really need to take a look at that in our, in our um, next term. Is there a specific location you're thinking of? I know you mentioned somewhere in your district. Uh, near Middletown. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and – you also touched on a proposal that you had brought up this past session mm -hmm. to restructure the, the county's Board of Health. Can you um, talk to us about that? Well, the latest, you know, we went through several versions of this to try to work out something everybody could live with. Uh, what I want to do at this point, I think, is add about half a dozen people from the science community. Uh, because right now what you have is one medical doctor and eight politicians trying to make Board of Health decisions, and we're all doing the best we can, but really I think if we had a variety of people from the sciences, we would still make the decisions. They wouldn't be voting members, but they could say, well, I think you should do this and not that. It would, it would broaden our perspective to make health-based decisions. I mean, everybody's thinking about COVID-19 now, but we're going we're gonna to have other things to deal with in the future. And I think just having one MD and eight elected officials is not probably a good way to make public policy on health. And how do you think the new structure that you're proposing could have helped um, the Board of Health in the past few years with the COVID-19 pandemic going on? I know it's tough to look retroactively, but, I mean, just to give an example of, of what a, this new Board of Health could um, could enable the county to do. They may have encouraged us to be more proactive with some things. Um, you know, we're still dealing with this, so I don't know if it's the best thing to deal with, but there are lots of other issues the Board of Health could deal with, a water situation, uh, you know, an outbreak of animal disease. So I want to put a veterinary vet on it. Uh, because veterinary science is very important when the Board of Health would have to make a decision about maybe quarantining animals or something like that if something broke out. You know, there's all sorts of things that you could get into. And I think having more people on it than just one medical doctor uh, would make the Board of Health a little better prepared to handle things in the future. In your, in your, so this is your third run for council. What, yes. What, what's on your mind uh, this year going into, the, going into the November general election that you think is different? Um, from the last two times you ran? People have changed somewhat. Um, with the whole thing we went through with COVID and with the election in 2020, uh, there's certainly, I feel like there are different attitudes out there. It seems like 
people's political views have calcified uh, is the best way to put it. Um, you know, people seem far more party-oriented than they used to be. And it, it, it's, it was a growing trend, really, since about 1980. But it seems to have accelerated in the last few years that people of either party will simply say, I will not vote for a person of that other party. Um, so that's that's one big change that I've seen. I'm sorry if that didn't completely answer your question. I, I, I think it does. I mean, do you think that's something that'll play to your advantage? Or how do you think that's going to impact your specific race? I don't know. I mean, my the one thing I've mentioned that this council did that we really get about zero credit for is that we didn't gerrymander, right? We didn't gerrymander at all. Uh, you know, if you could redraw the districts to choose your voters, then you can pretty well call an election. But my district is very, you know, very close. So I, you know, I try to reach out to voters and say, look, here's what I've done, what I plan to do. And if you like that, fine, vote for me. If you don't, you know, you can vote for the other person. I'd prefer voters do that. I'm just seeing more and more just straight party-oriented thinking. And people also seem to get uh, less local news than they used to, which is, which is kind of sad. But uh, people don't focus on state or local matters unless they affect them directly. Uh, they tend to watch national news all the time. So they don't follow the, the state and local uh, events as much as people did, say, 40 years ago. Uh, you won your District 1 seat by fewer than 350 votes in 2018 and by just 25 votes in 2014. Um, how do you think this year's election will compare to the nail biters you've had previously? <laughs> there is just no way to know, Jack. Um, it's You're doing all this and you have no idea what the results are, what the score is until it's all over with. It's it's not like a basketball game. Oh, I'm down 10 points. or We don't do polling or anything like that. So it's all... You just work, 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 and then the election rolls around, and then you see what happens. Uh, there's just no way to tell. I'm hoping that I'll win. You know, I'm, that's why I'm doing all this, and I'm, I'd like to see my margin grow, but, you know, a win is a win. We'll see. Since July, the county council has been holding meetings about the Sugarloaf Treasured Landscape Management Plan. It's a plan to preserve Sugarloaf Mountain and the land surrounding it. And it's the first area plan that is part of the larger livable Frederick Master Plan, which the county passed in 2019 to guide development and preservation. Um, what, what is your stance on the on where the Sugarloaf Plan is now? Well, I think we're coming to the end of the whole thing. Uh, certainly, the Planning Commission did many, many, many meetings and hours on it, and then it came to us. And we did many, many, many meetings and hours on it. Uh, it is, I can't think of a thing that we've done on the county council that took more time that wasn't, say, a budget or something like that than this. This has been uh, a very long, long time to, to look at things and talk about things and try to make adjustments as it went along. Uh, we've had a number of amendments that we voted on the other night, and most of them passed. And I think it will be coming to a conclusion in about uh, a week and a half. And do you support the the version of the plan right now with um, the rezonings to uh, par portions of different properties taken out and then with uh, keeping that planning boundary along Interstate 270? There are parts of the plan I like and parts of the plan I would have not changed. But that said, I think this, what we've come to is a compromise that I hope that everybody can live with. I hope that Stronghold decides that they're going to 
to keep things doing business as they have been because I was told by staff nothing that they do right now will be changed by this plan. So I'm hoping that Stronghold decides to stay open to the public, and I'm hoping that all of the landowners who are concerned about things decide that, you know, they think this is a pretty good plan after all. Uh, and the county has already begun meeting with community members about the next regional plan? Yes. In yeah. the Louisville Frederick Madison South plan. Frederick. Yeah, yeah, the South Frederick Corridors plan. Um, just for a little bit of background for people, the plan will examine an area south of Frederick along Maryland 355 Urbana Pike and Maryland 85 Buckystown Pike. It's the second most economically significant region of the county to Frederick City. Goals for the plan include reinforcing and creating economic strengths and assets, supporting existing business and industries, and fostering innovation opportunity. How can the county improve its public process for this plan compared with the process that it had for the Sugarloaf plan, if, if at all? I think the county was very public about this plan. From the beginning, we had stakeholders involved with it. Uh, so I'm hoping that this, the South County plan corridor will be, will be a long-term event with, again, stakeholders involved from the beginning discussing things. Uh, it's a rather complex plan because I think there are a greater variety of zoning areas that you're going to deal with uh, because there's so much more commercial and things like that than, than Sugarloaf was. Um, I'm hopeful that it will go smoothly. I mean, we always try to learn from things. Uh, you know, like whenever we build a library, we take a look at what we built and see how we can make the next library better. I think the same thing will happen with this. I think we'll try to get out ahead of it. And um, and I'm hopeful that, you know, when the Planning Commission gets it after staff has worked on it and, and stakeholders have taken a look at it, that they'll do their job as they go through things thoroughly, as the Planning Commission always does. And then it will come to us. And hopefully it'll be a little smoother process by the time it gets to us. I'm not sure there's going to be another overlay type thing, so that in itself may make it a little easier to deal with. I mean, I don't know. I'll have to see what they come up with, but I, I don't know that that's in the cards. Mm -hmm. Are there any takeaways that come to mind that, that you feel like you learned going through uh, workshopping the Sugarloaf plan and, and having these public uh, meetings and chains for public comment in the council's meetings for that plan that should be applied to the South Corridors plan and also future um, large area plans within or small area plans within Livable Frederick. I think the biggest lesson is just be open and listen to what people have to say and, and then you just make the best decision you can. That's about all you can do. All right, switching gears a little bit. The uh, So last year the county approved the $20 million purchase of a 26-acre property along Himes Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, which includes a 209,000-square-foot facility currently used for COVID vaccination clinics. The county purchased the property with intentions of accelerating large projects like building new county offices, mm -hmm. relocating the 911 call center, and potentially adding a library to the west side of the city. Uh, what do you think the property should be used for? Well, well, we'll use it for most of those things. The only thing that's really questionable is the library. Uh, you know, in the 911 call center, the building's perfect for it. I mean, it was a call center, so it has the the, the what you need in the building already uh, to do that. And and as the county grows, we need a bigger call center. I mean, what we have out now where the sheriff is located, uh, it's just getting to be too small for the number of calls they have to deal with. And this will also give the sheriff's department more room uh, out near the airport. So it's a win for all of us. It's actually going to save us tens of millions of dollars in buildings that we would either have to have built uh, or, or work on. Some of the things we have, we're actually going to sell uh, because we can move a lot of stuff to this building. It, it's a it's great as far as the county goes in terms of, you know, dollars being spent and dollars being saved. The big question is the library. Um, you know, 
we were pretty excited that we could get a library in there many years earlier than we expected to, but we also have to listen to the community. So we'll see what the next administration brings. Um, and if, if the community wants it someplace else, I guess we'll have to, you know, really consider that because we don't want to put something where nobody wants it. I mean, you know, libraries for the community. Um, I'm not too sure about the order of things. I mean, originally, the next library was not going to go on the west side. The next library, I think, was going to go out in the Newmarket area because they, they don't have anything at all out there. And then uh, the west side of Frederick was up next in the, in the line. Um, so I'm not sure if that will be redone or not. But uh, it, it may go back to building a library first in the Newmarket area and then on the west side someplace. If it doesn't end up at Himes Avenue, yes, then, yeah, yes. The reason it just jumped ahead in the line was because the we said sorry because we had the opportunity. You know, suddenly you have a very large building that you can use for many purposes. Um, you know, a library of fifteen thousand square foot library would be great right there, I and mean, you still have you know hundreds of thousands of square feet to do everything else with. You've already got the parking lot built. You can put all sorts of nice amenities inside. But that said, if that isn't where the public wants it, then that's fine. Yeah, I know. Uh, Long term goal that you've mentioned is expanding the county's rail and, and uh, or uh, trail and roads yes. network um, so that's something that connects parks and, and other mm -hmm. outdoor spaces in the county I mean what does what would that look like well what it would look like is uh, a kid or an adult whoever can get from a municipal area or somewhere if you're near a trail to a park and then back home safely uh, without having to get their parents to take them there in the car and I think that would get a lot more use out of our parks. It would also attract tourists. Um, and it will also attract some commuters, actually. I think when we get this first trail done, the F&P Trail, uh, which is along the old, old railroad line that goes between Frederick to Walkersville, uh, when we get that completed, I think you'll actually see a small number of commuters who will say, hey, you know, I'm going to go to work in Frederick today and ride my bike there. And they'll be able to take this trail and connect up to the trails in the city and go to work. Um, you see that in other areas. I think you'll see more of that. It, in this area if we get the trails done. So I'm going to advocate for that. That's a big advocacy thing for me in this next term. Uh, but you do see it in other areas, and I think it will catch on in Frederick. It's healthy, uh, and it's safe if you have people, you know, off the roadways on these trails. I think it'd be drivers will be happier too. And in another four-year term, what changes specifically would, would voters see toward that end, um, connecting the counties? parks and municipalities by well, I'd like, trails. I'd like to see us put more money in the capital budget for that. Right now, it's pretty much grant-driven, which is fine. I think, you know, we've, we've Jan Gardner took the lead in this and really got this program going. I just want to see it continue with a little more county dollars in it, uh, and hopefully we can see that happen. Um, you know, it's not a Democratic or Republican thing. Anybody can use a trail. Anybody can use a park. Anybody can use a library. And those are the things I'd like to see built in Frederick County that, that anyone can use. All right. Well, Councilman Donald, thank you so much for giving us some time and coming to the newsroom. Yeah, thank you, Jack. Thank you.